Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Michael Ransom, the author of a gripping new thriller, The Ripper Gene, which was released in August. Michael, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. I had the opportunity to read the book, and I really enjoyed it. So let's let's get the ball rolling by you giving listeners uh, sort of an overview of the book and of your protagonist, Dr. Lucas Madden. Oh, I'd be happy to. So uh, Dr. Lucas Madden is a neuroscientist turned FBI profiler um, who finds himself embroiled in a serial killer case down in um, uh, New Orleans area and on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. Um, when he was a young boy, his mother uh, was uh, murdered in a, an, an unsolved cold case uh, in that same region. Um, so in those intervening years, he had grown up to become a neuroscientist, but ultimately did join the FBI to become a profiler, uh, was stationed in Quantico, and then requested transfer back to his uh, childhood home uh, down in, on, on the south of Mississippi so he could actually um, not only work on cases down there, but also possibly um, or perhaps uh, help understand the what happened to his mother as well. Mm-hmm. The opening scene in the book was, it, it's prologue, actually, and it yep. takes place when Michael's uh, a young boy, I don't remember what, 12? Was he 12? Um, I, I believe around that age, yeah. Okay, so he, he's 12 years old, he's in a car with his mother, and that scene was so realistic and so well done, and then I read in some <laughs> of the research material for this that something like that actually happened to you without the gruesome ending of, of what happened in the prologue. That's right, um, and you actually even said that that uh, Michael was uh, twelve years old. So in the in the book, it's Lucas is twelve years oh. old. You're absolutely right. Yes. Um, twelve year old Michael um, Ransom also uh, experienced that. So what really happened was uh, my mother was driving a, a carload of us trick or treaters around in rural Mississippi, um, and there was mi- uh, several miles between houses. We were very very rural. Uh, where I grew up. So we were always on uh, gravel back roads driving through the dark forest between houses to trick-or-treat. And they were always uh, the houses of church members because that was the social milieu that we were in. So on one of those Halloween nights, we were driving around and took a corner on a gravel road. And sure enough, uh, came up on several teenage boys all bloodied and stumbling around in the headlights. I never forgot it. Uh, My mother was a very wise mother. She uh, simply floored the accelerator and drove on right on around <laughs> and said, uh, the police can help those boys. We're not stopping. Um, but of course, in uh, in the Ripper gene and the prologue that's so affecting uh, to so many people, I've heard this uh, time and time again, how, the, how affecting the prologue was, um, the mother does indeed stop to find out what's the matter and tries to help those boys. And uh, ultimately, that's the last time Lucas Madden ever sees his mother again. Now, there's a lot of science in this book, but it's not science in the way that is, is complicated for someone like me who has no background in science at all to understand. It's explained in a way that, that that's easy to understand and actually makes sense. And I was not surprised to see that you have a background in science. Can So can you... Sh- Share some of your background with listeners, please. Sure. Um, so my my background is actually in genetics. I specifically in pharmacogenetics. 
Um, I trained as an enzymologist at the University of Pennsylvania, but towards the end of my PhD thesis, I started looking into the genetic regulation of those enzymes and uh, really got excited about how powerful the new technologies were to understand gene regulation and gene expression and genetics on a very large scale. Uh, at that time, uh, something called microarrays were just beginning to be fabricated, and that allowed us, instead of looking um, at events one gene at a time, to look at many thousands of genes at a time. So it requires a lot of statistics, a lot of bioinformatics, but it's a very powerful way to understand what's happening in the entire organism, in the, in the cells of that organism. <clears throat> so that's my background, um, using genetics and genomics techniques uh, to evaluate uh, samples. So... Um, that's very similar to what Lucas Madden does in the story as well. He's, his background being a neuroscientist with a genomics twist, he's been exploring the genetics of antisocial behavior and uses a lot of the same techniques that, that I've used in my own uh, career and that I also teach at the University of Pennsylvania now. Was there a light bulb moment while you were working where something just kind of flashed and you said, wow, this would make a great, a great premise for a book? There indeed was. Um, in fact, it was a publication that came out, and I want to say, I apologize for not knowing exact year, but it was um, something like 2001, 2002, um, a publication about um, a gene that was implicated in antisocial behavior, and that's known as monoamine oxidase A, and it's also known as the warrior gene. Okay. Um, and so that publication came out. It was before we were doing large-scale genetic sequencing, but I knew that it was just around the corner. So I kind of just asked myself in that light bulb moment, um, perhaps this is real and perhaps there are going to be other genes uh, that are similarly linked to violent behavior. And if that's the case, we'll eventually figure that out as scientists. And what will that mean? And that was really the light bulb moment for me. And it's an interesting premise, the idea that people may be predisposed to violent antisocial behavior. And because you put it in the rural South, there's also a, a quasi-religious component uh, where Lucas's father is, is a pastor of a church. And so we get that side of things. It's a very interesting mix of elements in, in the book. And uh, I'm assuming that that you brought in the religious element for to, to serve that specific purpose. Absolutely, because, you know, as a scientist, I was very fascinated by the fact that uh, the that genes could possibly predispose individuals to a greater likelihood of, of antisocial behavior, and I just found that essentially scientifically interesting. But upon ruminating about it a little bit more, it really made me question, you know, concepts like free will and everyone has is created equally, um, it seems like there are some individuals that uh, are put at a little bit of a disadvantage just based on the genetics they inherit um, that leads to, you know, uh, lower empathy uh, for, for other living beings or can uh, modulate their ability to control their emotions or their anger. So um, it just it, at first it was just a scientific phenomenon. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it really had some pretty deep, um, you know, ramifications, as you say, for uh, religious views and other and, and other things like that. One of the things that readers and, and we as lay people see is that science is changing. It, it's changed a lot over the past few decades, and it's changing the way that criminals are identified and convicted. Uh, 
that's a part of this. Uh, it's a part of your story here. How quickly, when you were doing the research, how quickly do you see change actually happening in law enforcement? How how far behind is law enforcement from the changes or, or I guess, access to the science um, from, a, from a scientific standpoint? Sure. Well, now, um, I'd say law enforcement and forensic analysis has really come, as you know, a long way. That is, um, they're able to get DNA samples out of minute um, you know, pieces of evidence left behind now, trace evidence, as they call it. Um, and they've also used DNA for quite a while now to, for the purpose of, of identifying, um, you know, perpetrators and things like this. So um, one, of the, one of the techniques they use is to look at short tandem repeats in the human genome. So everyone has short tandem repeats, but they all have very unique short tandem repeat patterns. And I believe they've been able to find it, or I'm, I'm sure they've found the 13 short tandem repeats that they typically will test in a genetic laboratory to determine, you know, things like the odds that the blood wasn't this, um, you know, proposed def- defendant's blood, those kinds of things. So they've always used DNA for um, forensic identification purposes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the Ripper gene, it's more about using the DNA to try and understand the potential uh, disposition of the, the violent uh, un- uncaptured subject. Um, are they going to be an organized sort of a killer? Are they a disorganized killer? Those kinds of things. And um, that's a little bit science fiction right now. We don't know whether the genetics, um, at once, it's all, once it all plays out, whether that will allow us that kind of resolution of the kinds of uh, violent behavior. It may just be a very general kind of a, of a phenomenon. But um, that's, that's the kind of the science fiction part of it where Lucas is looking and using this damnation algorithm of, of you know, many different genes that he looks at with his test to try and figure out what kind of a killer he's up against. So um, it may come to pass or, or, or it may be a bridge too far. I'm not sure. You have published some other works, but they've been works of either nonfiction or poetry. So this is your first novel. Has there been anything about the process over the course of, say, the last 18 months that has really surprised you? Oh, yes. Um, so in the last 18 months, that's purely been the time between um, finding out from my agent that the, the novel had been accepted and uh, seeing the, the manuscript that I submitted become a, a hardcover novel. Um, so I was very surprised at all of the different um, pieces of the publishing puzzle that are required to make this happen. The editing, um, of course, the proofreading and those kinds of things, but also the editorial comment. And I was blown away by some of the um, the anomalies or inconsistencies that the editorial staff at Tor Forge caught in my novel. And this is a novel I've been working a very long time on, and yet there were still some inconsistencies. I think I'd even... Um, calculated the wrong number of the total number of murders to date at one point. So <laughs> That's easy it, to do. <laughs> it's, it is easy to do, and it's hard to believe it, it, you can. But um, it, it was just really eye-opening. And not only that, the publicity and the marketing, um, just it was really, really interesting to see it all come together. It's amazing how good the, the top-level editors are that, that go through this and can see things that, you know, when you write a book, I don't know how long it took you to write this. For a lot of first-time novelists, it's, it's, it's longer than the second book, right. and there's all this time involved in writing the books, and, and you develop blind spots to things, and like you said, miscounting the, the number of murders or maybe timeline issues and things like that. Were, were you fortunate with your editor in, in finding someone that could 
understand the science of the book? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say definitely. So I'm really indebted to my editor. My editor is uh, Bob Gleason at Tor Forge, and he's just um, such a such a great thinker. And he, I really enjoy every time I get a chance to go to dinner with him and other authors and the kinds of discussions we have often revolve around science. He's, you know, at Tor Forge, they're very science fiction um, they have a great science fiction legacy, and they're building up the mystery imprint with Forge. And so it's just uh, a group that's really, really close to the science. And uh, I think that helped immensely in pulling the Ripper gene together. Now, Lucas Madden is an interesting character, and he seems seems like someone that we could grow to enjoy over a series. Is that is that <laughs> the plan for this? Yeah, that definitely is. I'm glad to hear it from you. Um, but that's that's definitely one of the plans. I had actually started um, a couple other novels that don't feature Lucas Madden. Um, but now, um, and after a few discussions with my agent, I think uh, it's it's a wise thing to go ahead and write a sequel as well. So um, I've, I've got two different uh, potential uh, plots that I would like to throw uh, Lucas into, and I think I may just start writing both of them and see which one takes off. I always like to try and uh, have several projects going at once and then see which one really has the legs and takes off, and then I just focus all my energy on that. That seems wise, but of course now the pressure's on because people are reading this one and we're anxious for more. So I'm not sure how long <laughs> it took you to write the first one, but you're not going to be able to take that long for the second one, I bet. No, you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you, the one, probably one of the greatest uh, senses of urgency I feel is when uh, someone tells me, oh, I just got your book uh, two days ago, and, and I really loved it. I've already finished it. And I'm just like, that took me so long to write, and you just devoured it in two days. Um, I better get moving here. So uh, that, that does put the pressure on you. And uh, I've, I've read somewhere that um, oftentimes authors will experience a sophomore slump, and I never really understood why that would be until a teacher, I think, at a conference just explained, look, you had 10 years to try and get your first one right, mm-hmm. and then the pressure's on and you need to get that next one written in the next year. And sometimes you don't have as long to kind of get all the ideas baked out right, et cetera. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm up to the challenge, I think, and I'm going to really give it everything I've got to come up with a good sequel to, to The Ripper Gene. Well, Michael, I really enjoyed the book. Where can listeners find the book? Well, it's definitely on Amazon.com. Uh, it's also available from the Macmillan uh, Publishers website. It's available in Barnes and Nobles. Uh, I see. I still see it uh, on display as a new release at Barnes and Nobles. So it's really pretty much everywhere you can look. Um, most folks that I've spoken with have pretty much picked it up through Amazon. And of course, if you're an indie book person or an indie bookstore person, you you can go to the bookstore. If they don't have it, they can order it for you. If you like to read your books, uh, if you like to hold them in your hands while you're reading them, like so many people do, what's the best way for listeners to keep up with you and the series and everything else that you're doing? Yeah, so uh, my website is uh, www.michaelransombooks.com, and I'm trying to keep that content up to date. It does list not only the Ripper Gene, but uh, all the other uh, works that you mentioned, that you alluded to, mm-hmm. um, as well as some excerpts, and tries, I'm trying to keep the blogs uh, updated pretty regularly as well. And I also post a lot of book reviews when I read uh, mysteries that really are gripping to me. Um, I'll post those as well. Ah, that's wonderful. And it, it's a it's a slippery slope when you're an author to review the work of other authors, but it is fun to put to shine a spotlight on things that that you really enjoy. Absolutely, and I, and it's uh, the the most recent one I read was um, Dark Places by Gillian Flynn, and was just blown away by that. So I had to put. Hmm 
put my uh, review on there for that. Um, but I'll definitely keep it updated and be uh, posting several more in the, in the coming months. Well, Michael, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you do pop by the website, please sign up for the email list. I send out an email each Friday with a summary of the week's interviews. It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing and to be sure you don't miss out on great new books like The Ripper Gene from Michael Ransom. Thanks for listening.